and a one, two, three, four. Welcome everybody to the Life Point Table Talk Podcast. My name is Jason, and we are continuing today with our Bible in a Year podcast. We're wrapping it up this week. Uh, it's been a crazy uh, Christmas time, and um, uh, it was wonderful. And um, uh, we got one more week here before the new year. The little in between, in between world, in between worlds. Already, but not yet. So, we're going to wrap this thing up, man. We got 50, 51, and a 52. Right now, we're going to do week 50. And we got quite a bit to cover, so I want to jump in here and knock this sucker out. We got Joel. We got Amos. We got Obadiah. And we got Jonah. Jonah is one of my favorites. Let me, t- let me say this. Let me, let me, let me just say this. A lot of people don't particularly like the prophets, the majors and the minors. But I think they're important. They're there for a reason. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear those prophets. Jonah's, Jonah's so killer. It's one of my favorites. They're all good. It's all good. And... The biggie. We're on revelations. The big revelations. The big reveal. It's wild, guys. It's awesome. And so, let's jump in here. Let's jump. Let's let's just do it. Let's just jump right in. We're just gonna do it. We're gonna crank it. We're gonna crank it up. We're gonna crank it out. We're gonna get into the word. We're going to start with my friend Joel. 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 Joel 1. The Lord's message to Joel. Listen to your elders. Pay attention. Has anything like this ever happened in history of your ancestors? Again, we're in this warning a lot of warning going on in the scriptures. A lot of warning. Tell your children about it. And have them tell their children and their children following generations. The locusts consumed. Wake up, drunkards. The sweet wine has been taken away. The nation has invaded our land. So many of them, there are too many to count. It's completely destroyed. Wail and lament. No one brings offerings to the Lord's temple anymore. Lament, priest, announce a holy fast. Our food is cut off right before us. Even the animals cry out. Chapter 2. This reminds me of an old song we used to sing in church. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on the holy mountain. Let all inhabitants shake with fear, for the day of the Lord is about to come. It is near. It will be a day of fearful darkness and foreboding clouds. A huge, powerful army, nothing like it for generations to come. 
Um, when we used to sing it, it was a it was a celebratory song. And it is interesting, this idea of the the day of the Lord. Um, we'll see this in Revelation as well. It's celebration for some, and for others, it's uh, it's doom. Um, this is the day of the Lord's judgment. This is the warning that it's going to happen. It's going to come. And uh, this particular day of the Lord um, was not a good day in Jerusalem for them. Uh, they rush into the city. The earthquakes before them. The voice of the Lord leads his army. It's fascinating. He's leading uh, Babylon to take out his own people. Yet even now the Lord says, return to me with all your heart. I love this. Every every prophet has these caveats. Um, it's doom and gloom right up to the they're at the door they're at the gate they're breaking over the walls and he's still saying saying this yet even now return to me with all your heart even now right he doesn't want to do this really he'd really rather them just turn around with fasting weeping and mourning tear your hearts return for he is merciful blow the trumpet and announce a holy fast let the priests weep the Lord is zealous for his land and had compassion on his people. I will restore your grain. I will never again make you an object of mockery. It's so strange. It's like schizophrenic here. He's, I will destroy you. And yet I love you. And I will rebuild you. I will rebuild the city that I totally destroy. I will make up for the years that the locusts consumed your crops. You will have plenty to eat. My people will never again be put to shame. Some of these promises are... Hmm. It's really interesting in light of just history. Just thinking of things that the Jewish people have had to go through. Um... I, I don't know how they process some of these. My people will never again be put to shame. Hmm. After all this, I will pour out my spirit on all kinds of people. This is a, a famous portion of scripture. Um, oh, it's beautiful. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your elders will have dreams. Your young men will have visions. I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will put wonders in the sky and on earth. Blood, fire, columns of smoke. The sun will turn dark. The moon will turn to blood. Before the day of Yahweh, everyone who calls on Yahweh will be delivered. On Mount Zion and Jerusalem, there will be no escape. The remnant will be those who the Lord will call. Um, they use the phrase like archetypes or types and shadows and things like that. These are like many... Uh, Many end of the worlds, <laughs> many versions, many, many meaning tiny, tiny versions of the end of the world. Um, because this, all everything I just read there, when he pours out his spirit on all kinds of people, he's don't, it doesn't just come up again like once. It's like these, uh, 
these um, modes, like modality with jazz, you know, jazz music. That's what it seems like to me. These modes keep coming up over and over and over again. And uh, this is a small, I mean, it, uh, it's not small. It's, it's, it's the original. <laughs> it's the original. This is where it came from. The archetype came from. Uh, but it's also real. It literally happened and will literally happen. Um, so it can be a little... Um, it's so layered and dense and it's awesome, but also can be confusing. Chapter 3. In those days I will return the exile to Judah and Jerusalem. I mean, a lot of this is just, it's already happened. It's It's prophetic to what happened then, the return from exile. Uh, probably for a lot of people, that's all it is. Um, I will gather all the nations. I will bring them to the valley of Jehoshaphat, the valley of judgment. I will never. I will never. Hmm. I don't think I wrote that right. Concerning my people, whom they scattered, they took the land and cast lots for my people. Traded a boy for a prostitute, a little girl f for wine, so they could drink. So. It's interesting, too, the Lord uses the nations to judge Israel, and then he turns around and judges them because they took it too far. They they mistreat his people in the process. Are you trying to get even with me, Philistia? Philistines? I will quickly repay you for what you have done. You sold Judah people to the Greeks. I will repay you. Proclaim to the nations, prepare for a holy war. Turn your plows into swords, bring down your warriors, Lord. I love this. You hear that a lot, turn your swords into plows. This one's, get your plows into swords. Great crowds in the valley of division. The day of the Lord is near. The sun and moon are darkened. You hear that motif a lot. The stars lose their brightness. Yahweh roars from Zion. Jerusalem will be holy. No stranger will pass through it. On that day, the mountains drip wine. The hills flow with milk and honey. Egypt will be desolate. Judah will reside forever. Jerusalem secure. I will avenge their blood. A lot of these things come up back again in uh, Revelation. Do not sleep on the prophets. Now we're into Amos. Amos the most. Mr. Amos. Chapter 1, record a record of the prophecy of Amos, the herdsman. These prophecies about Israel during King uh, Uzzah of Judah and King Jeroboam of Israel. So, um, I don't, I, I, I'll have to look at the history of why they did it in this order. I kind of get it, and sometimes I wish they were just there in order. I think it's the way the books are written. You kind of hear the whole story and then it goes back. It jumps timelines the way movies do sometimes. Uh, two years before the earthquake, the Lord comes roaring out of Zion. He says, Damascus has committed crimes. They ripped through Gal Gilead. I will break the gate of Damascus. Uh, Gaza has committed crimes. They deported a whole community. I will set Gaza on fire. He goes through... Uh, several people here uh, for judgment. Tyre committed crimes. They sold communities to Edom. I will set them on fire. 
Ammonites committed crimes. They killed pregnant women. I will set them on fire. Chapter 2, Moab committed crimes. They burned Edom's king. So they all are like fighting with each other and especially against uh, Judah and Jerusalem and everybody actually gets judged eventually. Judah committed transgressions. They rejected the Lord's laws. They went astray to false gods. I will judge Judah. I will set them on fire. He's setting everybody. He's burning it all down. Israel committed transgressions, sold innocence for silver, trampled the poor, disrespected moral purity. I led you out of the land of Egypt. You made the Nazarites break their vows and, and had the prophets not speak. Your warriors will run away naked. That's not good. Chapter 3, listen to the Lord, Israel. I chose you from all the nations of the earth, or the clans of the earth. I will punish you. The alarm sounds. Who is not afraid? Here is my message to Philistia and Egypt. Come together. Let them see the injustice. They don't even know how to do right. A message against Jacob's descendants. I will destroy the altars of Bethel. It's interesting. Bethel became like a hotbed of... Uh, Idol worship, Bethel, of all places. I will tear down their houses forever. Chapter 4, women of Samaria are fat cows. It's a good memory verse. You abuse the poor, your time is coming. No one will be left, you will be dragged away. You go to Bethel to sin all you want, you love to do this. I took away your food, but you still reject me. I did terrible things to you like I did in Egypt, but you still reject me. I will destroy your cities. Chapter 5, listen, Israel, you have fallen. The Lord warned you. Don't go to Bethel. Turn back to the Lord. If you don't, I will attack with fire. You hate honest judges. You built expensive homes but won't enjoy them. Judgment is coming. It won't be a time of sunshine. I will force you to march as captives. This is before the exile. Chapter 6, do you feel safe, leaders in Jerusalem? Everyone bows to you, but you are in trouble. You make songs like David used to do. You drink wine and do not care. You will be dragged off as captives. Chapter 7. God will send locusts to attack your crops. I said, Lord, please forgive your nation. It's weak. How can it survive? The Lord said, I won't. Let it be destroyed. Um, the remnant. Uh, he's going to allow a remnant. The Lord showed me he will send a ball of fire to burn up everything on earth, including the oceans. I said, Lord, please stop. The Lord says, I won't let it be destroyed. He showed me a vision. He was by a wall holding a string and I, with a weight tied to it. What do you see? A measuring line, I answered. The Lord says, I'm showing you this to show you that the people do not measure up. I will send more against the nation. Um, Amaziah, the priest, went to King Jeroboam and said, Amos is plotting against you. He says you will be put to death and the country taken captive. They try to get Amos to go away and tell his visions elsewhere. The king worships here. Amos says, I'm not a prophet. This is interesting. He is in the prophets. I'm a shepherd. 
The Lord told me to preach to Israel. You are telling me not to preach. Listen to what the Lord says. Your wife will become a prostitute. Your children killed in war. Your land divided among others. You will die in a foreign country. The people of Israel will be, will be dragged from their home. Chapter 8. The Lord showed me a basket of ripe fruit. This is the end of my people. I won't forgive them again. Instead of singing, they will weep. Your people crush the poor. You use dishonest scales. They were scamming. Chapter 9, I saw a vision of the Lord at the temple altar. He said, shake the columns till the tops fall and the doors posts crumble. I will kill anyone who escapes. I'll reach them wherever they go. When the Lord touches the earth, it melts. He scoops the ocean. The Ethiopians are no less important to me than you are. I brought you out of Egypt. My eyes see you sin. You will be killed. In the future, I will build David's fallen kingdom from the ruins. You will have a great harvest. Israel will prosper. He goes back into mercy mode. The mercy mode. You won't ever be uprooted again. Hmm. This rebuilding of the kingdom. Like, it, we're, we're here now. Again. They obviously got uprooted. And then... Uh, they got rooted again not not too long ago. Was it 48? Um, fascinating. We're, we're back here. Uh, right back in the, the mode. Obadiah. 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 All right. On to Obadiah. So that was a warning. The Amos warning. Uh, again, of uh, the exile that was coming. They weren't listening. They don't listen, as we see. But those motifs, the day of the Lord and judgment, uh, continue on to today. Same modes. Obadiah. The Lord gave Obadiah a message about Edom. I, the Lord, send a messenger with orders for the nation to attack Edom. I will make Edom the weakest despised nation you think you're safe in your mountain fortress i will bring you down no matter how high you are you are doomed this is judgment again edom uh, uh was uh area there uh, around judah near judah and jerusalem um you are doomed your allies can't be trusted uh and here's the deal you were cruel to your relatives, the descendants of Jacob. You watched as foreigners looted Jerusalem. You are no better than those foreigners. You celebrate this disaster. That's got them in trouble. That's what I'm talking about. Everybody's getting it. You ambushed re refugees and handed them over. The day is coming when the Lord will judge the nations and you will pay for what you have done. The people who escaped will go to Mount Zion. Jacob's descendants will capture those who took their land. Israel be, will be fire on you, Edom. Israel will take Edom, Philistia, Ephraim, and Samaria. The kingdom will belong to the Lord. Now we jump into Jonah. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. Um, this is a this is a a prophet to Assyria, um, which is interesting. 
and there's actually other prophets to them as well. Well, here they, it comes back up. In this story, they Nineveh um, repents. Um, I do not believe um, they they obviously don't stay in repentance. Eventually, they get destroyed in judgment. But this one they do. Jonah, chapter 1, the Lord said to Jonah, Go immediately to Nineveh, a large capital, capital city of Assyria. Announce judgment against its people because their wickedness has come to my attention. Now, Jonah is really important, especially because Jesus references it so much. Like he's a, he's a Jonah. A lot of parallels there. And, and it's fascinating to me that... Jonah's job is to announce judgment and that judgment's coming and there's a way out through repentance. Repentance is mercy. Remember that. It's like it, sometimes it feels like it got a bad rap somewhere. Repent. It's actually the way out. It's like, hey, here you go. Here's an open door. Here's a window of opportunity to change this coming calamity. It's a way out. It's an escape route. That's what repentance is. Instead, Jonah immediately headed off to Tarshish to escape from the commission of the Lord. Jonah. He got on a merchant ship and headed to Tarshish. He wanted to go far away from the Lord. Now, they don't tell you exactly why. I think he was probably scared, and he did not like the Assyrians. Those were, he didn't want them to get mercy. It's interesting. The Lord hurled a powerful wind on the sea, and a violent storm arose, and it was going to break the ship. The sailors were afraid and cried out to their gods. They threw over the cargo to make it lighter. Jonah had gone down below deck, laid down, and was sleeping. Remember, Jesus did this too. He was sleeping in the storm. This wasn't a good one, though. The captain went and asked him why he was sleeping. Get up and cry out to your God. Maybe he will save us. The sailors cast lots to see who was to blame for the storm, and Jonah's signaled out. They said, Whose fault is this disaster? What's your occupation? Where do you come from? What's your country? Who are your people? He said, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. They became more afraid and said, What have you done? I love it. These guys have more fear of God than Jonah. They knew he was trying to escape from the Lord because he had told them, How can we make the sea calm down? Jonah says, Pick me up and throw me into the sea and to make it quiet down. Mm. Mm. I, just, I keep thinking of Jesus reading through here. Pick me up and throw me into it. That will appease the storm. Judgment. That's on you. And it's interesting, too, because they were caught in this judgment that had nothing to do with them. Um, quite a bit here, I think, in the scriptures for folks who are caught in a storm not of their own making. We certainly, in our own lives, um, have plenty of storms that we create and problems that we create. But there are also bigger, larger storms going on all over the planet that we had nothing to do with. 
We're just in the middle of it. Like these guys. <laughs> Jonah's the one who messed up. He brought this calamity on them. Um, they tried rowing back to the land, but the storm got worse. I love they don't want to do it. They are, they fear the Lord and, and killing an innocent person. These merchants are are kind of the good guys in this story. They cried out to God, Don't let us die on account of this man. Don't hold us guilty for shedding innocent blood. Hmm. That's fascinating. They picked Jonah up and threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped raging. The men feared the Lord and made vows to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Chapter 2. The Lord sent a huge fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was in his stomach for three days and three nights. That's the big one. That's how long Christ was in uh, the grave. Jonah prayed to the Lord from the stomach of the fish. I love this. It sounds like a psalm. It's got a lot of similar verbiage here. I cried out to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. From the belly of Sheol, I cried out for help. From the belly of hell. And you heard my prayer, and you, you threw me into deep waters. In the middle of the sea, the ocean current engulfed me. The waves swept over me. I thought I had been banished from your sight, and never again to see your holy temple. Water was up to my neck, and the ocean surrounded me. Seaweed wrapped around my head. I went down to the bottom of the mountains. I love that. Under the mountains. The gate of the underworld barred me in forever. But you brought me up from the pit, O oh my Lord, my God. He rescues him from hell. When my life was fading away, I called out to the Lord, and my prayer came to your holy mountain. Those who worship idols forfeit your mercy. Mm. That's what I'm saying, mercy. They forfeit your mercy because they're going the wrong direction. They won't repent, turn around. I promise to offer sacrifices with public declaration of praise. That's a motif in the Psalms that I love, and it's hit me this year, The uh, a, a, a certain way of praying. The declaration, of, a public declaration of praise, it, it's like a, a way of speaking faith. Uh, it's also just old school, sounds like, manipulations like lord if you get me out of this i'm gonna go and praise you in public in front of everybody and say how awesome you are but there's a truth there there's a faith and there's a there's a literal um i don't there's there's something to that that really resonates with me you see it quite a bit in the psalm and you see it here with jonah i will do what i have promised salvation belongs to the lord then the lord commanded the fish to vomit up jonah on the shore and it did chapter three once again god told jonah to go to the great city of nineveh and preach the message of doom i think that's cv uh, the others don't say that but i like that the message of doom and it's true that's the message the, the salvation message is it's funky, man, because it's it's totally love, but it's like it's it's love and and grace by giving the opportunity for repentance. That's it. That's the message. It is a message of doom. If you don't turn around. That's what's coming. That's the message. 
Jonah went immediately to Nineveh. Nineveh was a large city and took three days to walk through. He walked for one day into the city. He announced, well, he only went one day into it. At the end of 40 days, Nineveh will be overthrown. Day of the Lord. The people of Nineveh believed God and declared a fast from greatest to least. Incredible. Incredible. Um, he must have been quite a preacher, or I, I don't know why they listened. Why these people listened. Um, I think the Spirit of God was on him. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he got up, took off his robe, and put on sackcloth and sat in ashes. He proclaimed, In Nineveh no human or animal is to taste anything and must not eat or drink water. Everyone must put on sackcloth and cry out to God. Repent. Repenting. Turn from your evil ways and from violence. Maybe God will change his mind and have mercy so we won't be destroyed. I love that. Striking things in here is the who takes God seriously, who takes him at his word, like um, honor. These people actually honor God enough to believe him. When God saw they turned from their evil way of living, he relented from judgment, the judgment he had threatened. He did not destroy them. Chapter 4. This is wild. This is very, reminds me also of. Um, the other brother, the other brother in the prodigal son story. This displeased, displeased Jonah terribly, and he became angry. Well, it, it makes sense, though. These were his enemies. Um, they'd probably done all kinds of terrible things to his people, and those were the last people he wanted to see get mercy. It, mercy and grace is infuriating, and I totally get it. And... Um, the only way not to be infuriated by it is to realize how much mercy and grace I've gotten. <laughs> I've gotten, I have gotten so much mercy and grace. It's like I don't even. I I try to try to run from that judgment on others because I don't want it on myself. This displeased Jonah terribly, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord. This is what I thought would happen. It's so funny. I knew you would be good and gracious. That's why I left the country and escaped to Tarshish. Okay, this is what he's saying. He's saying he went the other way because he he thought God would be merciful. I don't know if I totally believe him. I think he was probably scared too. I knew you would be gracious and compassionate and merciful and relent on your judgment. So now kill me instead. I would rather die than live. Mm, that's deep. That's deep anger and resentment. Because these guys, he really wanted them to get judgment. I mean, I, I get it. I get it. People do you wrong. You want to pay it back. It's the most natural thing in the world. <sighs> That's tough. Jonah left the city and sat under a shelter he made to see what would happen to the city. The Lord made a little plant to grow up and be a shade over Jonah to rescue him. From his misery. Jonah was happy about the plant. This is such a strange part. God sent a worm the next day to attack the plant so that it dried up. God sent a wind and the plant dried up. The sun beat down on Jonah's head and he grew faint. He despised his life. I would rather die than live, he said. 
God said, are you really so angry about the little plant? He said, I'm as angry as I can be. Reminds me of Cain, too. Like, why are you so angry? Lord said, you were upset about this little plant. You didn't work and make and did not make it grow. It grew overnight and died the next day. Should I be more should I not be more concerned with Nineveh, this huge city? There are a hundred and twenty thousand people in it who do not know right from wrong. They don't even know any better. And you're wanting to take them out. And he says, and animals as well. That's how it ends. That's how Jonah ends. <laughs> Man, that's killer. That's so killer. Jonah says, I'm as upset as I can be. It, it, um, there's so much there. So much there. Um, fascinating story. Fascinating story, Jonah. Okay, let's jump over to Revelations. Revelations. All right, it's a big one, guys. We'll wrap it up. We're going to do 1 through 10 on this one. All right. Chapter 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servant what must happen very soon. Very soon. Time is a strange thing. Scriptures use soon a lot. And I'm more and more convinced they're on a different timetable than we are. They're experiencing time differently. He sent his angel to his servant John, who then testified to everything he saw concerning the word of God and the testimony about Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the prophecy aloud. Blessed are those who hear and obey the things written in it, because the time is near. From John to the seven churches in Asia. He who is and was and who still is to come. Again, that's somebody who's beyond time from the seven spirits who are before the throne and from jesus the faithful witness firstborn from among the dead love it love that description firstborn from among the dead ruler over kings of the earth to the ones who love us and has set us free from sin at the cost of his own blood he has appointed us a kingdom as priests serving god his father to him glory forever he is returning in the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. Every tribe will mourn because of him. This will certainly come to pass. I am the Alpha and Omega. That's the beginning and the end. Who is, who was, and is still to come. The all-powerful. John, your brother, who shares in persecution. I was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus on the Lord's day. The spirit took control of me and I heard a voice that sounded like a trumpet. It said, write in a book what you see, send it to the seven churches in Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. When I turned to see who was speaking, I saw seven gold lampstands. Seven gold lampstands was someone who seemed to be a son of man wearing a robe and a gold cloth around his chest. His head and his hair were white, his eyes like flames of fire, his feet glowing bronze like in a furnace, his voice like roaring waterfall. He held seven stars in his right hand. A sharp double-edged sword was coming from his mouth. His face was shining like the sun. 
I fell at his feet like a dead person. He put his hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first, the last, the living one. The living one. Mm. The living one. That's interesting. I died, but now I am alive forever. I have the keys to death and the world of the dead. Write what you see and what happens. I will explain mysteries of the seven stars and lamb's hands. The seven stars are angels of the seven churches. That's interesting. Angels of the churches. The lampstands are the churches. Chapter 2. To the angel of the church of Ephesus, I am the one who holds the seven stars and walk among the lampstands. Each descriptor of the church uses one of those descriptions of Jesus at the beginning. It's a pretty cool uh, writing uh, tool. Listen to what I say. I know everything you have done. You have... Uh, your hard work and how you have endured. You won't put up with evil. You test people's claims. You endure hard times because of me and not given up. But I have this against you. You have departed from your first love. Remember you have fallen and repent. Do the things you did at first. If not, I will remove your lampstand. If you do not repent, you hate what the Nic Nicol Nicolaitans these were folks who were teaching it was okay to be immoral without punishment. I also hate this practice. He hates it. You don't hear that a lot these days from Jesus. He hates that. <laughs> you better listen. I will let the one who conquers to eat from the tree of life that is in the paradise of God. To the church of Smyrna. A pronouncement from the one who is first and last, who was dead but came to life. I know you are suffering in your poverty. I know the slander against you. Don't be afraid of what you're going to suffer. Remain faithful to the death. I will give you a crown that is life itself. You better listen. The one who conquers will not be harmed by the second death. To the angel of the church of Pergamum, a pronouncement from the one with the double-edged sword. I know you live where Satan's throne is, yet you cling to my name and do not deny me. Even in the days of Antipas, who was killed, I have a few things against you. You have some who follow the teaching of Balaam. I, I love that Balaam, that short little thing with Balaam, uh, it becomes like a, a shorthand reference forever, Balaam. He put a stumbling block before Israel so they would eat food of idols and commit sexual immorality. And some follow the Nicolaitans. Nicolaitan. Repent. I will come against you and make war with the sword of my mouth. You better listen. The one who conquers, I will give hidden manna and a white stone with a new name no one can understand to the church of Thyatira. A pronouncement from the Son of God, the one whose eyes are like fiery flames. I know your deeds of love, faith, service, endurance. Your present deeds are greater than your first. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, teaching deceit to my servants to commit sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. Huh. Interesting. And eat food for idols. I give her time to repent. I have given her time to repent. That's interesting. Jezebel. 
It's like a famous name you've, I've heard forever. The spirit of Jezebel. He, or the master, is giving her time to repent. Interesting. But she won't re repent from sexual immorality. I will throw her into a violent illness. Those who commit adultery with her will suffer. Her followers will be struck by deadly disease. To those who don't follow those teachings and have not learned... This is wild. Those who have not learned the deep secrets of Satan. Hmm. I will put no burden on them. To the one who conquers until the end, I give authority over nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will break them into pieces. I receive rule from my Father. I will give him the morning star. If you can hear, you better listen. Chapter 3, to the angel of Sardis. A pronouncement from the one who holds seven spirits and seven stars. I know your deeds. Your name says you're alive, but you are really dead. Wake up and strengthen what's left. I have found you're not completely following God. Remember the teaching you were given. Hold firmly to it. Turn from your sins. If you don't repent... This is the, the gospel. If you don't repent, I will come when you least expect it. If you have not sinned, you are worthy. Everyone who wins the victory wears white clothes. Their names are not erased from the book of life. I will declare their name before my Father and the angels. If you have ears, you better listen. To the angel of the church of Philadelphia, who holds the key of David, no one can shut and shut doors no one can open. I know your deeds. I have opened a door no one can shut. I know you have little strength, but you have obeyed. And not denied my name, I will make those who are from Satan that say they are Jews, but are not, I will make them bow at your feet and acknowledge that I love you. I will keep you from the testing that is coming to earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so no one can take your crown. To me, that's a theme of the New Testament. The one who conquers, I will make a pillar in the temple of God. Uh, what I mean is the hold on to what you have so no one can take your crown. That's a, that's huge. I will never leave. I will write on him the name of God and the city of God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from God. To the angel of Laodicea, I know your deeds. You are neither hot nor cold. I wish... You were either hot or cold. I will vomit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich and have great wealth and need nothing, but you don't realize you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked. Buy gold from me, refined by fire, so you can become rich. Buy white clothing from me to cover your shameful nakedness. All those I love, I rebuke and I discipline. Mm. Mm. Repent. Repent. <laughs> That's the theme. Listen, I'm standing at the door knocking. It's the same motif through all the prophets, minor and major. I discipline those that I love. Repent. Listen, I'm standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into the, his home and share a meal with them. To the one who conquers, I grant permission to sit with me on my throne. 
Chapter 4. After these things I looked, and there was an open door in heaven. I heard a voice speaking to me like a trumpet. Come up here so I can show you what must happen after these things. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and there was a throne in heaven with someone seated on it, with a rainbow encircling the throne. In a circle around the throne were twenty-four other thrones with twenty-four elders. From the throne came flashes of light and roaring thunder. Seven torches, which are the seven spirits of God, were burning in front of the throne. In front of the, th the throne was something like a sea of glass crystal. Around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes, front and back. One like a lion, one like an ox, one had the face of a man, and one like an eagle. Each had six wings full of eyes. They never rest day and night, saying, Holy, holy is the Lord God, all-powerful, who was and is and who is still to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who sits on the the throne, the elders throw themselves to the ground and worship the one who lives forever. They offered their crowns to the throne, you are saying, You are worthy, our Lord God, to receive glory and honor and power, since you created all things, but because of you they exist. Chapter 5. Then I saw on the right hand of the seated on the throne a scroll written front and back. I saw a powerful angel proclaiming loudly, Who is worthy to open the scroll? No one in heaven and earth was able to open it. I was weeping bitterly. Then an elder said, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. He can open the seal. Then standing in the middle of the throne and the elders and the creatures, a lamb that appeared to have been killed. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are seven spirits of God sent into the earth. He came and took the scroll. When he took the scroll, the elders and the creatures threw themselves down before the Lamb. Each had a harp and incense. They sang, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seal because you are killed at the cost of your own blood. You have purchased for God persons from every tribe and nation. You appointed a home as a kingdom of priests to serve God. They will reign on earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of the angels encircled around the throne. The living creatures and the elders sing, Worthy is the Lamb who was killed to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature on earth singing, To the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb praise, honor, glory, ruling power forever and ever. The creatures said, Amen. Chapter 6 I looked and the Lamb opened one of the seven seals. One of the creatures said, Come. So I came and I looked. I saw a white horse. The one who rode it had a bow and a crown of, of a conqueror. The lamb opened the second scroll. The creature said, Come. So I came. Another horse, but a red horse came out. One who rode it had permission to take peace from the earth so people would butcher one another. He had a huge sword. Then the lamb opened the third. The creature said, Come. I looked and I saw a black horse. The one who rode it had balancing scales. Then the creature said, A quarter of the wheat will cost a quart of wheat will cost a day's pay and a three quarts of barley a day's pay. But don't damage the olive oil and wine. Then the lamb opened the fourth seal. The creature says, Come, I looked and saw a pale green horse. The one who rode it was death. Hades allowed followed behind him given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, famine, disease, and wild animals of the earth. 
The Lamb opened the fifth seal I saw under the altar. Those who had been killed violently because of the word of God and his testimony. They cried, How long, sovereign master, how holy and true, before you were judged, those who live on earth avenge our blood. That's interesting. Their blood cries out for vengeance. Vengeance. Mm, not mercy. Vengeance. Each was given a white robe, told to rest, rest until the number was reached of all who will be killed. Then the Lamb opened the sixth seal. A huge earthquake took place. The sun became black. The moon became blood red. The stars fell to earth. The sky was split apart. Mountains and island moved from their place. All the kings and powerful people, slaves and free people, hid themselves in caves and rocks of the mountain. They said, The mountains fall on us to hide us. Hide us from the face of the one who is seated on the throne. For the wrath of the Lamb. Save us from the wrath of the Lamb. Wrath of the Lamb. That's interesting. Wrath of the Lamb. Hmm. The day of wrath has come. Who can stand it? Chapter 7, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the world, holding back the wind. No wind on the earth. Another angel ascended to the east with the seal of God. He shouted to the angels, Do not damage the earth and sea or trees until we have put a seal on their foreheads. The number of servants was 144,000 sealed tribes of Israel. After this, an enormous crowd of every nation, tribe, and tongue was standing before the throne in white robes and palm branches, shouting, Salvation belongs to the God, to the one on the throne, and to the Lamb. Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor. One elder asked me, Who are they? I said, You know. <laughs> it's weird. It's funny. These are those who came out of the great tribulation. They made their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. They serve Him day and night. The one on the throne shelters them. They will never grow thirsty. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Chapter 8. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven. I love this. For about half an hour. Very interesting. Seven angels were given seven trumpets. Another angel given incense to offer with the prayer of all the saints before the throne, the smoke of incense and the prayer of the saints went before God. I don't even know what how to process this. Prayers of, of incense turns into incense before God. Then the angels filled the uh, censer with fire from the altar and threw it to the earth. There was a crash of thunder, roaring, flashing, lightning, and earthquakes. Excuse me. The first angel blew his trumpet. There was hail and fire mixed with blood. That's interesting. The third of the earth was burned up. Third of the trees burned up. All the green grass was burned up. Second angel blew his trumpet. A great mountain of burning fire was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea became blood. A third of the creatures in the sea died. A third of the ships destroyed. The third angel blew his trumpet. A huge star burning like a torch fell from the sky. It landed on a third of the rivers and springs of water. Its name was Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood. Many died from these waters. The fourth angel blew his trumpet. A third of the sun, moon, and stars were darkened. There was no light for a third of the day and a third of the night. Then I heard an eagle overhead saying with a loud voice, Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
to those who live on earth because of the remaining sounds of the trumpets of the three angels who are about to blow them. He's warning them what's coming. Then chapter 9, the fifth angel blew his trumpet. I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to earth. It was given the key to the abyss, and smoke rose up out of it like smoke from a giant furnace. The sun and the air were darkened by the smoke. Then out of the smoke came locusts. They had power like scorpions. They were told not to damage the grass or the plants or the trees, but those who did not have the seal on their forehead. They couldn't kill them, but only torture them for five months. Their torture was like the sting of a scorpion. In those days, people will seek death and not find it. The locusts had gold heads with faces like men, women's hair and teeth like lions, iron breastplates, tails like scorpions. Their king was the angel of the abyss. His name is Abaddon in Hebrew and Apollyon in Greek. There's, a whole, there's so much in this, guys. I don't have time to go through it all. But... Even just reading it, you can get quite a bit. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet. I heard the voice coming from the horn of the altar saying to the angels, Set free the four angels who are bound at the Euphrates. Then the four angels who were prepared for this day were set free to kill a third of humanity. The number of soldiers on horseback were 200 million. The riders looked like a night vision. Breastplates were red and blue and sulfurous and yellow. Their heads of the horses looked like lions. Fire and smoke came out of their mouths. A thir third of humanity was killed by plagues that came out of their mouths. The rest of humanity that had not been killed did not repent. They did not stop worshiping demons and gold idols. They did not repent from murder or sexual immorality or stealing. Chapter 10, Then I saw a powerful angel ascend from heaven wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow above his head, his face like the sun, he held a little scroll open. He put his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. He shouted, seven, seven thunders spoke. I heard a voice from heaven say, seal up the seven thunders. Don't write it down. The angel swore, there will be no delay. When the seventh angel blows the trumpet, it will be complete. Then the voice from heaven said, Go and take the scroll in the hand of the angel. So I went and asked for the scroll. He said, Take it and eat it. It will be bitter in your stomach, but sweet in your mouth. So I took it and ate it. It was bitter in my stomach. Then they told me, You must prophesy again about many people, nations, languages, and kings. That is chapter 10 of Revelations. That will wrap us up for today for week 50 and like I said man Revelations is a book you can totally geek out on you can study it the rest of your life all the um, symbolism and things but also I do think there is a, a, a way of taking it face value without going into every rabbit trail um, the theme of judgment judgment day uh, grace and mercy it's the same thing it's the same thing all through the prophets and uh, it's a very similar story it's just now gone worldwide and uh, alright we will be back 
with week 50. Thank you, my friends. We'll see you in a bit. <laughs>